are listening to The Currency, a podcast about the story of private business in America. Welcome. I'm your host, Mike Gaston, a brand and marketing strategist. I work with privately owned companies to help them scale. And today I have with me Will Connect. He's the owner and chairman of a company called Wendell August Forge. They're based in the Pennsylvania area, and uh, I'm thrilled to have him on the podcast to talk about the Wendell August story. So, Will, welcome to The Currency. Hey, Mike, it's so great to be with you. Love what you're doing with the currency, and it's an honor to be part of it. Well, thank you. Thanks for joining me today. I came across your company, I want to say maybe about a month ago, and specifically uh, a video of you telling a story. And we're going to get to that story, how how Wendell August overcame this devastating uh, setback and did it in such a miraculous way in an inspiring way. And I thought, when I was watching this video, I thought, I really need to talk to this guy and learn more about the business. And the more I've learned, the more I've gotten to know you a little bit, the more inspired I am by just the whole Wendell August story. So thanks for joining me. Before we get to that, I I guess I'm kind of like going to play a little bit of a, a teaser here. But before we get to that, would you mind telling us a little bit about what Wendell August Forge is? Yeah, you know, we are the quintessential American entrepreneur story. Uh, We were founded by a guy named Wendell August, and just he was an entrepreneur. And we were founded almost 100 years ago, Mike, if you can believe that, 1923. Wow. And what we do is we are a group of of metal artisans, and we create – uh, things of beauty in metal. We do giftware, you know, in the B2C space with customers, with, with our, our, our guests. We sell primarily giftware for Christmas. We sell it for weddings, baby, and Mother's Day, things of that nature. All made by hand, all made in America, all made, as you said, in our workshop in Pennsylvania. And then in the business to business sector, we work also in executive gifting. We work in commemorating milestone events. And then we also do recognition programs, years of service, safety award type programs as well. But the cool thing is, the thing that just fires me up every day, I work with American artisans who use hammers and chisels and anvils to create uh, enduring things of beauty. And uh, it's it's so much fun and such a privilege to work with the team uh, of artisans and uh, professionals I do. Yeah, that's it. It really there's an evocative nature to what you do. So I, you know, if you watch like a uh, commercial, you're watching the Super Bowl football game, whatever, and a truck commercial comes on. You know, they love showing these guys with like really, you know, big forearms and they're sooty black. You know, because they're uh, from working yeah. in the in the in the and there's uh, in the mine and there's a splash of like molten metal and someone hitting an anvil with a hammer. That's all drama to sell a truck. You guys are living that day to day because this is metal work. This is a forge. So when you talk about gifting and giftware, very specifically, these are objects. These are metal objects that you're yeah. that you're creating and selling. They really are pieces of art, but they're affordable. And uh, you know, we make it in America, and we make it for you know uh, just people like us, middle America, regular Americans. And uh, the giftware has has gotten a a, a nice following across the country. Sure. Uh, And again, it's a privilege to work with artisans. I love Made in America. I love being a a spokesperson for for the Made in America movement. Uh, I'm proud of the people I work with. And I think you and I, we agree that there is such great dignity 
in in working with your hands. Not everybody has to have an MBA or a college degree. Some people are created to make and to do with their hands. Mm. And there is such honor and such dignity in that. And we as Americans need to celebrate that dignity and honor of that great plumber or the carpenter or the metal artisan. Making stuff and doing things with your hand hands are a, a, a just a thing, uh, just a wonderful thing that we need to celebrate those men and women who are gifted in such a way. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Will, I mean, you, a number of things kind of open up as you're talking in my mind, directions that we could go with just the last handful of statements you made. Um, but I, I'm reminded of, uh, there is a movement now, that kind of uh, my generation, generations before it was assumed like you have to go to college like if you want to get ahead you have to go to college now we're kind of at peak college where college is expensive and the degree doesn't mean as much as it used to and there's a movement towards you know do we really need everyone going to college and uh it's fascinating you know to hear like okay there's there's a deeper you know more powerful opportunity for people that aren't necessarily wired for college to do meaningful work. And I'm guessing meaningful work that's well-paying. You could feed a family. You can, you can build a life on this kind of work. And uh, so that's inspiring. That's very inspiring. I, I, I totally agree. You know, some women and men were created to work with their hands. And we need to honor that, that we're all different people. We've been given different gifts, different talents. One is not better than the other. And, and they all have dignity. And our job as individuals is to uh, just embrace the opportunity that's been given us and be mm. the best person that you can be or I can be and we can be. And when we strive to be the best person uh, doing the best work that we were created to do, that is excellence. That's success. That should be the American dream, not chasing a buck. What does the company do to help people realize this kind of ideal that you're talking about to be the best that they can be? So obviously you're providing jobs yes, uh, and you're providing good jobs, but tell me a little bit about the culture, about the values. What's it like to come to work every day at Wendell August? Well, it's, you know, it's work. So it's not like we're going on holiday and it's, it's hard work. <laughs> it, it, you know, I, it, here's a funny story. When I was in college and this is a family company, I'm very blessed. This is a family company. And uh, when I was in college, my freshman year after my first year, um, it was a summer and I came to work and my dad rightfully put me in the polishing area where I was working with polishing our products, working in the small things. We do a lot of Christmas ornaments and coasters. And I was uh, with one of the master craftsmen. He was training me. And it's so funny because after about two weeks, uh, his name was Mark. Mark went to our supervisor and he said, hey, Will's a really good guy, but he's got no skill at all. Is there somewhere else in the company he can go work? <laughs> because, you know, we make a high quality product and he's not helping. And so I, um, I can see where this is going <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just cracks me up. But so, you know, we have um, 
uh, a training program for our new artisans and come on board. But, you know, metal artisans, it's not like you can go to trade school. It is all hands-on learning. So we are blessed to it's have like a an num- apprentice, right? It, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's in essence an apprenticeship. So we're blessed to have a number of artisans and craftsmen who have been with us 25, 30, 35 years. One of our master engravers, the greatest engraver in the world. I would put Len Youngo, a colleague of mine, uh, up against anyone. He recently celebrated, I think, like his 38th year with the company. So we are wow. fortunate to have uh, these more seasoned people, people of my age uh, in the company who are still handcrafting our product, who are able to teach younger uh, younger folks, uh, in essence, apprentices, apprentices uh, the work. So we have a training program inside. Uh, we try to celebrate our folks as much as we can. We're not perfect. We've got a lot of improvement, but I tell you, we do honor and respect uh, every person that we work with because, again, everybody has a different talent. And when we're all going strong in our talent base, that's when we as a company can succeed. Sure. Sure. Well, how many employees do you have generally? I'm guessing seasonality probably affects that if you're yeah, seasonal, serving. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Christmas uh, is a huge holidays. Yeah, Christmas is a huge uh, time of the year for us, and we're just gearing up right now, uh, getting into fifth gear for sure. So I, my guess is we uh, we range from 80 to 120 people, depending on the time okay. of year. Yeah. So we're small, but, uh, you know, we still, if you think about that, and it's kind of neat, you know, small business and the impact we have on a little community. Let's say we have 100 people, and let's say each person has four people in their family. I mean, that's 400 people that we impact. Yeah, you're you're putting roofs over heads, feeding family, putting kids through through school and college, funding vacations. I mean, these employees are earning that they're cre- they're helping you create the wealth and value, and so they're earning the right. You know, workman is worthy of his hire. Yes, as uh, the Bible says. But y- but you're providing an opportunity and a vehicle for these hundreds of people, families throughout your community. Are you guys located? Is it Mercer? It's Mary, Mercer, Pennsylvania. Yes, north of yeah, Pittsburgh, yeah. about forty five minutes. And and again, we've okay. been there. Uh, you know, a lot of years. So you mentioned that the company is a family company. Mm -hmm. Uh, The founder's last name is August. Your last name is Connect. Um, Tell me a little bit about the the family. Has your family always, is this like a maternal line and it's from the founder's family or did your family acquire this business at some point? What's the story there? You know, I said early that this is a great story of an entrepreneurial company and it really is. Um, My dad was an IBM sales executive, very successful uh, with IBM, I mean the guy who you know always won the Golden Circle and the the uh, you know the major awards in sales from yeah, IBM. And, and IBM sales are legendary. Yes. I mean, IBM salesmen were the were blue chip back in the day. Back in the day, absolutely. The dark suit, the white shirt and tie. That was my dad every day. Uh, but awesome. He, but he had this. My dad was a Renaissance guy. He was a collector of all things fine. I mean, furniture, clocks, pocket watches. Uh, you know, just you, you name it, my dad collected it. So he had this eye for beauty and for art and for the unique. And and uh, in the mid to late 70s, he began to get this entrepreneurial itch. He loved IBM, but things were changing a bit in the culture. And he was he was considering he really wanted to do something on his own. And uh, he mentioned uh, to his accountant 
at the time. He said, you know, if there is an opportunity out there for me to look at buying a small business, uh, I'd like to do it. Now, we were totally middle class. He didn't have a zillion dollars in the bank to invest, so he needed to find a small business, mentions it to his accountant. Providentially, uh, there is a family in western Pennsylvania who uh, – a gentleman by the name of Robert August, who's Wendell August's son, our founder's okay. son. At about the same time, Mr. August mentions to his accountant that he's ready to sell Wendell August Forge if uh, the accountant could maybe find somebody who might be interested in buying it. <laughs> How about this, Mike? Providentially, the accountant from my dad and Robert August was the same person. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and, and, and literally, awesome. it's unbelievable. You couldn't script it any better. So here's a guy in my dad who's a Renaissance guy, collector, loves beauty, loves, loves fine things. Here's a company that makes fine things, things of beauty, and sure. they're both ready to change uh, the, the chapter of life. And literally within a couple of months, my dad had purchased the company, risked everything. I mean, this is a very small company. Wow. It wasn't making any money at the time. Um, he left a very secure uh, position with, you know, the blue chip of the blue chip at the time. And, um, you know, he rolled the dice. But, you know, that's risk and that's entrepreneurial uh, journeys, right? You have to take a risk to, to move forward. And so my mom and dad did. And really, uh, it's been a blessing, not only for the company, but for the new customers that we have attracted over these past, uh, it's uh, 30 plus years uh, that we've been involved, 36 years now, I think, as a family. And okay. uh, actually, it could be more. I'm just bad at my math. Don't tell my third grade math teacher that I can't do the math. But <laughs> so, you know, our family took over in 1978. So you can help me with the math there. Uh, but um and it, it's just so neat because it's been a win-win-win. It's been a blessing. I think you're just over 50. Would you be just over 50 years? Yeah. Let's see, 78 to uh, 2008 would be 30. So you're just over 40 years. Okay, over. Okay, thank you. See, that's... <laughs> like maybe 41. Okay. And yep. look, I'm a marketing guy, so don't yeah. trust my math either. <laughs> Let's say over 40 years. That's safe. Um, but again, yeah. it's been great for our family, a blessing for our family. I hope it's been good for the employees that... Uh, you know, we've we've gone through a lot together and we're still around, still going forward. And sure. we've been able to introduce this American craft at Wendell August Forge to thousands and thousands and thousands of people uh, all over the country. How does that story play out? Uh, and what I mean by that is just from a marketing perspective, I'm curious. I think you guys do a good job about telling your story that the the American ingenuity, the, the honest work, uh, the roots, the community. How does that play when you pitch that to prospects? And you know, I'm thinking of your, your more of your uh, B2B customers than obviously the consumer, but um, does that get resonance? Oh, do yeah. people care about that? Yeah, absolutely they do. But you know, at the end of the day, we've got to create a quality product uh, that they can right. afford. And so at right. the end of the day, we've got to be able to do both. We've got to be competitive. We've got to be creative. We've got to be unique. And then we have this foundation of a story uh, that you allude to that just sort of seals the deal, uh, get, maybe gets us in the door or closes the deal because of just the resonance. I mean, people love to be associated with things made in America. It's been popular mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. been much more popular over the recent years as well. 
Um, but it has always been, I mean, it gives us pride when we can say we're buying something that fellow Americans made. And, and so that's part of the story. It's not all of it, sure. um, but definitely a big part of the story, especially in the B2B world. Now, our consumer clients, um, you know, our, our workshop is open for tours. So you can come to Mercer, Pennsylvania, walk through our workshop, hear anvil, you know, hammers banging on anvils. So it resonates a little bit more. We're like that, that Western Pennsylvania gem. Um, that mm. there's a lot of pride in the Pittsburgh region going up to maybe uh, uh, southwestern New York, northeastern Ohio, that Wendelagas Forge mm-hmm. is a, a regional gem, one that we take great pride in. Um, and so it plays pretty well that, hey, we're made in Pennsylvania. We're, you know, we have a presence in Ohio. Um, and so uh, it plays pretty well in the B2C space as well. But again, we've got to make great product sure. that is is beautiful and lasting, and it resonates with the consumer. Um, and, and we try to combine the story with a beautiful product, and uh, that's you know that's our recipe for success. Absolutely, and I would imagine you've got you've experienced a lot of pressure from overseas, uh, you know, China, Vietnam. I mean, some of these countries way back. I mean, the seventies when your parents acquired the business, their technology, even with just basic uh, forging of iron, was poor. I mean, they just yeah. had a terrible reputation for quality, but that's that's been turned on its head, and I would imagine there's a lot of pressure there. So that's fantastic that you've been able to thrive. How has it been finding employees? I know in a great economy, a lot of my clients will talk about the challenge of finding good people because there are, a lot of them are already working, and they're being paid well because the economy is pretty good right now. And then you add in this kind of element of, uh, hey, uh, you, you know, the, 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 it's hard work, it's physical work. How do you guys do attracting talent, especially in a smaller market? I mean, I know you're just about what you said, 45 minutes out of Pittsburgh. So you're in rural PA. Um, what do you do for yeah, that? It, is it hard? It's not easy. Again, um, what we do is not easy work. And you know, small companies, you wear a lot of hats. So uh, it is not easy to attract uh, great quality people. Fortunately for us, Western Pennsylvania is chock full of, of great hardworking people uh, that uh, you know, aren't afraid to work. And so um, we've got to offer competitive wages. We've got to offer as much stability as you possibly can in this day and age. And uh, you know, hopefully our employees... Uh, they might not like me every day, and that's okay, <laughs> but hopefully they respect that we respect them, and we sure. really do. Again, I, you know, if, there's, if there's nothing else I say, I honor and respect the people I work with, and to be honest with you, I really care about the people I work with as well. Um, they're good people. It's, it's a privilege to work with the women and men that I work with, and um, – it makes going to work every day and, and, and pushing for our brand of American craftsmanship uh, well worth it because I know there's there's good people, uh, you know, side by side, shoulder to shoulder with me uh, in this endeavor. Well, I, I have to ask the question, you know, we're coming up to the halfway point in the show. I, why is that? Why do you why do you feel so strongly? Um, obviously, you've grown up in this business. You believe in the Wendell August story. You believe in the hard work and equity that your family has built and that your employees have helped you build through the years and generations. What animates you to, to care so much? Because I, I could hear somebody with a similar company just saying, I'm really proud of 
the business we built and I'm making a lot of money and I have a great lifestyle. I'm not, I mean, I'm sure you're doing fine financially and all that, but I, I'm not hearing you motivated by personal gain. What animates, what informs your thoughts around the business and the people? Right. Well, you know, my worldview that I come from is a biblical worldview. And uh, I am a Christian, and I'm not afraid to communicate that. And so to me, uh, this isn't about me. It's not about just uh, my family. Um, you know, we are stewards of the, 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 you know, the talents and the resources and the people that God places before us. And first and foremost, I find myself a steward. I'm a steward of His um, you know, the resources and, 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 and the people that are truly his, but he's allowed me to steward them for a time. So again, we're all equal. We have different talents, um, but uh, we have dignity because we are human beings. And uh, that's where I start. There is dignity in every human life. Uh, there is dignity in every person. We are all uniquely gifted and talented. None is better than the other. Uh, we are all equally important. And in that equal importance, uh, we have equal important, equally important roles to play in a family, in an organization, in a community. And uh, so, you know, that, that, that informs my worldview is, hey, I'm no uh, better. I'm no worse than uh, the next person. Uh, I'm created in the image of God. And in that uh, uh, creation, others are as well. And uh, we all have dignity and we all have our role to play. And we're all equally important in the eyes of God. And that's all that matters. So you view your responsibility to the business and to the employees kind of through the lens of, of God and your faith. Uh, if everyone bears God's image, if we're all made in his image, then our responsibility is to respect those people, give them opportunity. Uh, how do you balance? And, you know, for my non-Christian listeners, my Christian listeners are like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. For the non-Christian, maybe this is interesting just to kind of get under the hood a little bit for how yeah. a Christian approaches business. How do you balance that approach of saying, I'm a steward and I have to, to view the business and people through the lens of how do I uh, take care of this on behalf of God with, hey, we're not a charity. We have to be profitable. Because I think Christians and yeah. non-Christians alike just assume, well, if you're a Christian, that means it's charity. And you and I both know um, you can't run a business as a charity. It's got to be profitable or else it's sure. not a business anymore. How do you balance that? Well, again, it's, it's very simple. I'm a steward of, of God's money. And God has placed me into a position of leadership, and it's, um, you know, profit is not a bad word, right? But it's not a... Some, a, some people would like us to believe that these days, true. but yeah, I would agree with you, it is not a bad word. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is not a bad word, because what does profit do? Profit uh, uh, secures existing jobs, and in, increasing profit yeah. increasing profit can make uh, uh, the opportunity for more jobs and more people to be able to have the dignity of work. And so profit is not a bad thing. And the other side of it is what's the purpose of profit? Profit is not for me to live a lavish lifestyle. You know, I, you know that those things are all well and good. And for some people that might be a part of the plan for their life. For me, it's not. And so I don't mm -hmm. live a, a lavish lifestyle. I, you know, I, when I buy a car, I buy a used car and I, I, I shop the internet to get the best deal. And, and, um, Do they sell used Ferraris online like that? Yeah, <laughs> trust me, I don't have a Ferrari. But again, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> I, you know, I, I see, I see the stewardship role not only in in the people that God places in my path, but also any financial gain. It's it's not mine. Sure. You know, it, sure. it, it, what do how what do we do with the profits we as a company make? 
And hopefully right. we are good stewards of that profit and we are not all about stealing, you know, the profitability yeah. of a company only. Yeah. For, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Profit is a good thing, but what do we do with the profit? And and the opportunity for good that profit gives the business owner is so exciting. And, you know, it really is better to give than to receive. And so when you are in a position to be able to give what a blessing it is. And that's what, right. that's how I look at profit. Profit is a good thing. I'm called to steward the resource, which is Wendell August Forge that the Lord has blessed me to, to lead. And so in doing that, how do I then use any profits for the good of the most people? My guest today is Will Connect. He is the owner and chairman of Wendell August Forge. It's a fantastic discussion. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, but before we do, I want to encourage you to check Will out. Um, you can find Wendell August online by just going to wendellaugust.com. That's W-E-N-D-E-L-L-A-U-G-U-S-T. And uh, .com, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can look at the company there. You can also check Will out on LinkedIn. If you want to make a connection with him, just look for Will Connect. His surname is spelled K-N-E-C-H-T. Send him a note, an invite, say, hey, I'd love to connect with you. I heard you on The Currency, and, and I'm sure he'd be happy to start up a conversation. When we come back, we're going to hear this amazing story that I alluded to. This company went through some drama and came out the other side even stronger. So hang in there. We'll be right back with more with our friend, Will Connect. Folks, I hope you're enjoying today's show. I have one question for you. Are you interested in the story of private industry in America? Do you care about private business? Do you care about entrepreneurship and wealth creation and even a little bit of marketing and branding? If so, do yourself a favor and sign up for my newsletter. That's right. I've got a free newsletter that goes out once a week. You can go over to my website. It's MikeGaston.com, M-I-K-E-G-A-S-T-I-N.com. Just shoot to the bottom of the page, the homepage there. And you'll see a form. All you have to do is put in your first name and your email address. I will never spam you. I will never sell your information. But what I will do once a week, I will send you an email that updates you on the content that I'm creating. I've got some great stuff in store. I'm working on some video essays that I'm really excited about. I'll keep you up to date on things like podcast episodes and articles that I'm putting out and even speaking engagements that I've got coming up. So if you're into anything that has to do with private business in America, I would highly suggest Highly recommend you get over to my website, get signed up, get in the system, and be kept abreast of the latest content coming out from yours truly. Now, guys, let's get back to today's show. And we're back. I'm Mike Gaston. My guest today is Will Connect. He's the owner and chairman of Wendell August Forge. Will, welcome back to The Currency. Oh, such a pleasure being here with you, Mike, for sure. Well, this is, I'm just loving our conversation. You know, I, for the sake of the format, you know, the podcast has to be, you know, an hour or less. And I could talk to you, Will, for hours. It's just fascinating stuff. I mean, uh, just, you know, your philosophy on the business, you know, the spiritual uh, underpinning of how you approach what you do, the honest 
uh, American story that you guys have around the the, the product that you create is just um, it's inspiring. So thanks for taking the time. Well, thank you. So clearly, I sound like a fanboy here. Before we <laughs> before I go on, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about this challenge. You know, to, which is an understatement that I alluded to in the beginning. Now, uh, you guys are kind of coming off of. Um, the beginning of the economic crisis, I understand that kind of affected the business. And then right on the heels of that, you were hit with this really big challenge. Do you mind sharing that story with us today? Yeah, and it really starts in 2008. And I think many of your listeners remember what we went through as a country in the economic crisis after the Lehman Brothers, uh, you know, uh, uh, going out of business. And um, we as a small company, again, we've, we've been around almost 100 years. So back then it was maybe 85 years we'd been around or so. And uh, we had a board of advisors, but, you know, we were always, you know, pretty fat, dumb and happy. We were doing OK. And, the advi- you know, our, our, our annual meeting with our board of advisors would be sort of a, a cheerleading event. So it was very <laughs> different in 2008. In 2008, uh, we sat down. It was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I'll never forget it. And we sat down with our advisors and to a person, they counseled our family that, um, we should shut down the company, um, you know, as a manufacturer. And then we went direct to customers and then we had some distributors. Uh, we were doubly impacted by the uh, economic meltdown. And we had just opened a flagship store, spent a lot of money to open a store in May of 2008 in Philadelphia area. And um, so the headwinds were just all against us. And literally our advisors told us, uh, sell the assets, pay off your debts. You'll have enough to open up the new chapter of life. And we as a family looked at each other and said, no way. Our, our people are too important. We're not going to do this. Uh, this would have been you know, somewhat easy for our family. It would have been a real kick in the teeth, but it would have been – we would have been okay. Um, you the, right. The, you, the, the uh, Connect family would have yes. come out okay. Uh, but we looked at you know the, the other families that were with our company, and we said, no way. No chance that we were going to go out of business. We were going to try to fight. We, you know, if we were going to go out, we were going to go down fighting. And so in uh, January of uh, – and if you imagine, that was the day before Thanksgiving 2008. It was a very somber Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, but then in January, I can imagine, yeah, yeah, in January of 2009, we got about the business of uh, restructuring the company. Uh, tearfully, that that uh, January, I had to let go probably about 40 good people, people who I've known uh, for a lot of years, people whose uh, many of them I knew their kids. I'd been to baseball games with them, and and uh, you know we'd lived life together, and I had to let them go, and uh, very difficult time, but we had to do that. Um, to save the company and to move forward. And so very stressful time. And in 2009, Mike, it was, uh, you know, nip and tuck. We were, you know, every day we were waking up. Are we still around? Are we, are we still viable? And, you know, we ended up the year and we were, you know, December 31st, 2009, we were able to look back and say, hey, we're still here. We did it. So we made it through 2009. We're into 2010. We have an opportunity come to us uh, from the Pittsburgh Penguins NHL hockey team. They're closing out their iconic arena, and they want to give a very important and unique gift to everyone who attends that last game in the Civic Arena, which was a Pittsburgh staple. 
of life uh, since the 60s. And so we pitched that on March 4th, 2010 to their executive team. We came up with the idea of in aluminum, our handcrafted aluminum, making tickets by hand for every uh, every uh, ticket holder that came to that last game. And so March 4th, we make the big t- uh, big push. We knew this would be the largest order in our history, and we would only have a month to make it. It was going to be very difficult, but we knew we can do it. Uh, we made the pitch, and then uh, our, our chief sales architect and I, who made the pitch, went and we had uh, a late lunch, early dinner at a little Chinese restaurant in north of Pittsburgh. <laughs> We're stressing out, how do we do? What do you think? Because th- oh, yeah. this would have been the largest order in our history. And yeah, it's going to make that. I mean, it's you've been waiting for this injection oh, after all you've gone through yes, the last two years. Absolutely. And so... Uh, we're at this Chinese restaurant, and my my buddy, the chief sales architect, Christian Warner, gets the phone call, and it's from the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we got the order. And literally, oh, wow. we're high-fiving, hugging each other at this restaurant. <laughs> people, you know, The restaurant's like, what's going eggs, on? People yeah. are looking, and it's like, we're, we're nut jobs. But, but to us, Mike, this was, as you said, this was the culmination of about – you know, 15, 16 months of just slugging it out. And we looked at each other. And then the next day, March 5th, we're able to tell, bring our entire, you know, all hands meeting, all the people in the company together. We tell them we got the order. Let's go to it. We only have a month to make 18,000 tickets. Let's go at it. So we, you know, everybody's high-fiving, grins ear to ear, you know, just breathing a sigh of relief. Okay, we're going to be okay. And so we get about making those tickets. It's March 5th. So the next day is a Saturday. I'm at the office. I make some deliveries to some customers, and I get a phone call as I'm making one of those uh, deliveries from uh, one of my associates back at the office who's working. She ran our, our retail store. We'll get back here. The forge is on fire. Oh, no. And again, I'm like, what? So I, I make the delivery. I pick, you know, and, and I, I get to my car and one of our craftsmen, a good friend of mine, calls me and said he's in tears. And he's like, we'll get back here. The forge is burning down. And I'm like, what? So I, I hustle back the five, you know, the five miles and about the three mile mark, Mike. I look up and I can see a huge plume of smoke. And I know, oh, my oh, goodness, no. this is not just a little fire. Make a long story short, on March 6th. 2010, two days after we get the largest order in our history, our company burns to the ground. Oh, you must have been crushed. Well, you know, I was, you know, I I was actually, I was stunned and, and, you know, I was just sitting there stunned, but I had this very unique piece about me through this whole thing. And, uh, you know, uh, there were hundreds of people from the community that came on site and 21 volunteer fire departments who fighting the fire heroically and and fellow employees in tears. Will, what are we going to do? I can't go without a paycheck. What am I going to do? How are we going to, you know, what, what is life now? Assuming the worst. And at that moment, Mike, we, we got together as employees and we, we formed a little prayer circle. And uh, this isn't word for word, but you'll get the sense of what we prayed. And we said, you know, I said, Lord, we don't know what's going on here but you do, and we trust you. Show us the next steps. And literally, Mike, after that prayer circle, it was as if the lights went back on. And it was as if we went from despair to now a dogged pursuit of getting back into business. 
And I was so proud of the people I worked with. I was like a bit player, uh, you know, bit actor in a movie, sort of just taking this in. It was a thing of beauty. My fellow employees circled the building and were coaching the fire, the heroic firefighters who were, were asking my fellow employees, hey, what, what do I need to go in and rescue? What do you need? What are the absolute critical things? Right. <laughs> and, and, and they were just going into the fire, pulling out all this stuff. Oh. And it was just unbelievable. And I could tell you so many That's stories amazing. about that day that we don't have time to go into, but it's just a phenomenal story of the providential hand of God working through amazing people. So this is a Saturday we burn to the ground, fully expecting the next day to get a call from the Pittsburgh Penguins to say, hey, guys, thanks so much. We really would have loved. So, yeah, we got to pull the gotta, business. How about oh. this, Mike? And this is the quality of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. If, if you're a hockey fan, you might not lock like the penguins but you got you have to love the people there i love the penguins uh, for a lot of reasons I'm a, I'm a fan but also a fan of the of, of the organization as a whole how about this mike they call us the next day on sunday and not only did they not cancel the order here's what they told us we believe in you guys can you do the order yes we know it. We believe you can. Here's what we're going to wow. do. Tomorrow, we're sending a courier down with a full payment for our order. We hope this can help you with the cash flow. Wow. Well, I mean, that's I'm getting choked up just hearing that. That doesn't that's happen. Powerful. Right? Powerful. But that that is the quality and the integrity of that organization. We've seen it. We have a great relationship with them to this day, and we see it every day from them. And so well, just to just to interrupt, I have to interject this yeah. and it's shameless, but this is what this podcast is all about. Th- these kinds of stories of how people come together mm. to solve problems, to create wealth, to support each other, to make the world a better place. That's kind of a theory and a concept, but this is it in action. Yes. You know, the penguins could have very easily just said, "Hey, Will, hey, it's strictly business. We're sorry, we're pulling the business. We got to go with these other guys." They didn't do that. No. And to me, that's the power of privately owned business. Not every privately owned business is perfect. And sure. I don't think privately owned business can solve every problem in the world, obviously. This is this is really special. So it, I'm sorry, keep going. No, so they, it, they courier the money to you the next day? the money to us the next day to help wow. with cash flow. Wow. And then that, that, that same uh, Sunday, the day after the fire, our insurance adjuster comes and, and talks to us and, and pulls me aside and says, Will, I really want to explain what you're facing here in this type of devastation. <laughs> 60% of small businesses never recover from a significant event such as this. You need to be prepared for that. And he said, of those who do, you need to be prepared to be out of business for six to nine months. Okay. And this was a professional. He was actually a friend of mine, guy I'd grown up with. And uh, he's just trying to be honest just, and let you yeah, know what you're dealing here, with. Here's the yeah. reality. Let me tell you the what advisor. happened. Yeah. Let me tell you what happened. It just, and again, this is the graciousness of God working through amazing people, the people I work with and the people of Western Pennsylvania and Northeastern Ohio who wrapped their arms around us and loved us. In five days, my, again, we burned to the ground. We burned to the ground. You need to know how, that. How old was your building, by the way? Since it had been there since 1932, so what, 70 plus years. Wow. We we've yeah. been in that. It was Jeez, on the National of... Registry of Historic Places, <laughs> hmm. um, and it was an iconic building. You know, it just was one of those tourist destinations that everybody had to check out in Western PA. It was cool, but it housed our factory, our workshop, our corporate offices, and our flagship store 
all burned to the ground. Here's what our amazing employees and the great people of Western Pennsylvania and Northeastern Ohio did. We were back up and working as a manufacturing facility in five days. Our corporate offices were back up fully functioning in two weeks, and our flagship store was reopened in four weeks, all in rented facilities, all in our community in Western Pennsylvania, not one contract signed, not one dollar paid to those landlords. They came to us and say, how can we help you? Hmm. On a handshake, Phenomenal. on a handshake, these people led us into their worlds. What a blessing. And I could go on and on with the stories of how God worked through great people to help us to get us through one of the proudest moments uh, in my life. And again, 18,000 tickets we still had to make. And we had to make them now in, <laughs> yeah. a, in an unbelievably shortened period of time. And we had to do it in adverse conditions. But one of the proudest days of my life professionally, was the day I was able to drive our company van down to Pittsburgh, the Civic Arena. I think it was April 6th, a month after our fire. And in the van were 18,000 handmade, one-at-a-time <laughs> tickets made by our craftsmen, delivered to the Pittsburgh Penguins in full, meeting their due date, meeting their last game. That doesn't That's happen. Phenomenal. It is an absolutely no miraculous story, and there is no other way to describe it but miraculous. Our craftsmen work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, literally to pull that off. We had never made anything close to 18,000 pieces, let alone in that Just short- doing that alone, even, even without the challenge of yes. having the factory burned to the ground was going to be a lift. Mike, it was going to be very difficult to do under the best of circumstances. Exactly. So it's absolutely yeah. miraculous. And again, you know, I talked earlier about the great people I work with. You can just see this is the caliber of person that I'm able to go it's to phenomenal. work with every day yeah. who made this happen, yeah. who never quit, who didn't see the adversity as defeating, but we saw it as something that we together could overcome and we have overcome. And the business today in 2019 is strong stronger than we've ever been, positioned better than we've ever been. And again, we had to go through this difficult season. It was a, a test of our metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, -E, I think is how you spell it, not our yeah. metal, <laughs> right? It was a test of who we were. Who, who were we as people? And we showed it that and we continue to show it today. We've had rough spots without question. But how about a few months ago, Mike, we were awarded a license by the NFL to be a supplier of gift items and Christmas ornaments. And we introduced those NFL items this fall. There are only 300 manufacturers in the world. I was shocked by that number who are NFL licenses. Wendell August Forge is one of those. It's amazing. And again, you know, we were, I said earlier, we were fat, dumb and happy you know, where we were. The fire caused us and gave us an opportunity to look differently at everything we did, to think bigger, to think better for our employees and for our customers and for the company. So what could have been the worst thing ever became the impetus for the best future we could possibly have. And as you said, that's what your podcast is all about. 
really how small business can overcome and be the best it can be to contribute the most it can possibly contribute. And I am just so fortunate to be part of a, a small story in that bigger story uh, that you communicate uh, uh, through the currency. That's just phenomenal. I, I, um, I'm even thinking too, Will, I mean, there's the story of your employees as a story of the of the penguins coming to you. But there's even like, you know, there's the business owner down the street that said, Hey, how can I help? I've got this, I've got a few square feet. You guys can set up some office space in here if you need to. And there's that story. There's also that person got to give and whether they're a Christian or not. I mean, this is a great thing. I'm sure not all your employees are followers of Christ, not all your vendors and suppliers and partners are, believers necessarily, but it allows people to participate mm-hmm. in the, the better aspects of their yes. nature. And there's a blessing in that, you know, just giving, you know, we always say to give is better than to receive. Uh, and there's truth in that. I just, the opportunity to say I was able to help, even if my name never gets known, I'm better for it. And uh, the ripple effects are, are phenomenal. Will, what, if anything, I mean, there's, so this is a transformational story, obviously, but looking back now, so there's the event and all the things that happen around the event. But looking at the business today, how is the business different because of what you went through? I, I understand you're growing and sense of pride, but are there some intangibles that you could talk about that are that are changed or different? Yeah, you know, I've never been through a war, but you hear that those who have gone to war together come out with a bond that is insoluble, right? And I would suggest to you that uh, our company has gone through our own little wars and our battles, right? Whether it be 08, whether it be the fire, whether it be, you know, continuing challenges in in the past uh, nine years as well. But I think we can look each other in the eye. We know we have each other's back. We know we are in this together. And we also know that together, using our talents, there's nothing we can't accomplish because we have seen the miraculous. And so our little company that was um, close and tight before, I think we became more of a family. You know, we're a team and we got to win together. And, you know, there are metrics that we've got to meet. Yes, absolutely. And we've got to be excellent. But I think now there's a love for each other, a caring for each other, because we truly have been to war together. Now, we're not perfect. We still have a lot of room to improve. But I think there is this deeper sense of we are in this together and together we'll win. And uh, there's nothing that we can't do. Might make some missteps. We'll go two steps forward, a step back at times. But at the end of the day, we we have accomplished together something that very few people think they could. And we now know that we can. And uh, we're the little company that can. And we, we believe that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we still create, you know, beautiful things at Wendell August and life, lifelong memories for our guests and customers. But at the end of the day, there's a bond internally that just can't be broken. That's that's fantastic. I'm grateful for you sharing the story. And that's, you know, hearing that story, I, I found, a, I think, initially a video maybe online on YouTube of you sharing some of, I think you're standing outside the new facility sharing the story. I don't know when that video was shot, maybe a few years ago, but uh, that's what attracted me saying, oh, I really need to to meet this gentleman and, and uh, talk some more. So that's, it's just so powerful and inspiring and um you know, I believe that stories like yours, whether they're fires or not, are being told, you know, all over the country, just people coming yes. together and overcoming 
really difficult odds to do something special together. That's that's the beauty of it. And I, I, pl- I applaud you, Mike, for putting these things up front because we hear bad news all the time, but the currency oh, yeah. is all about pushing these great stories that are all over the country in every community. We need to hear more about the goodness and, and the camaraderie of we as Americans, not a hyphenated American, but as Americans. And I really appreciate you doing that through the currency. Well, I thank you, Will. It's 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 really a pleasure. It's I feel a little. It's almost selfish. I I just love like getting to talk to people like you, hearing these stories, making relationships, and um, so for me, it, it's. Um, I mean, I do it because I want others to hear it, but I, it's not. It doesn't feel like work. I, it's, it's all upside for me. I mean, I, you know, I have to spend a few hours here and there in the evenings editing a show, but that's that's a minor inconvenience for the upside. So thank you. I was going to ask, Will, what's what's the future hold for Wendell August? What's your vision for the company? You talked about, I think you used the phrase, we were fat, happy, and dumb. Obviously, uh, you know, the, the fire and that experience probably changed that quite a bit, as did the economic crisis. Where do you want to go with this business? And, and where do you, what do you want to see it become, uh, if anything different than it is right now? I think, you know, we want to maintain the uh, spirit of camaraderie internally and and we want to keep the culture, uh, but we want to share what we do with more people and continue to grow uh, and in that uh, steward more and more resources. And so for us, you know, I don't have delusions of grandeur. You know, we make beautiful Christmas ornaments and we want more people to uh, pass down memories and give gifts that become memories for their families and and traditions for their families. We want more families to experience that. And so it's our job to get the word out to do that. Uh, we want more companies to use us for anniversaries, colleges to uh, come alongside us to raise money. Um, so you know, we'd love NFL fans to have us as their as their annual ornament every year. So for us, it's it's we want to go down the path that we're going. Uh, we just would like to introduce ourselves to more people because we believe there are millions and millions and millions of Americans who would love uh, and proudly buy and give Wendell August and and be part of of this American story and uh, us be part of their families and companies as well. So nothing radically different. Uh, I don't have uh, visions of being the next Amazon or anything of that nature. We want to stay in our lane. We know what we're good at, and we just want to continue to do it better and better every day and introduce it to more and more people, both whether they be employees or customers. So a question that comes to mind, uh, you know, you talk about, it sounds like organic growth, um, and to do that, I, you know, I don't know what your capacity is. Maybe you could put more work through with the existing crew that you have. But let's say you're adding new employees over time. The business is growing nicely. Uh, you're not trying to acquire Alcoa or something like that. You're just, <laughs> no. you know, growing a nice business. How do you pass along this powerful, deep uh, bond that you have to new employees. It's one thing when you and I were shoulder to shoulder, we weren't, but like I'm an employee. Yes. We went through these things together. Uh, I have a similar relationship. I, when I used to own my agency, a handful of them, you know, like 10 employees, much smaller than what you guys were running are running. But, you know, we had to have a moment where we all said, do we want to call it quits or are we going to fight this thing to the death? And, and my employees to their credit said, we want to fight. And mm-hmm. we did. And, and they really like, you know, I was the owner of the leader, but they led us out yes. of uh, the financial yes. uh, crisis. We share something. Even now that since I've shut the business down, we still share this bond together. And um, 
So that's a lo- I'm going long here to ask, how do you inculcate? How do you bring new people in and make sure that they share the same values? Is that hard? Is it easy? It's such a great question because, you know, now, you know, we're getting, you know, those, those of us who are there in 08 and 10, we're getting a little bit older, right? Some of us looking to retire, you know, and um, to, to me, it's about storytelling. And we need to tell the story in all kinds of different ways to remind uh, those who will come after. I mean, I'm not going to be there forever, right? And we need to remind uh, the people who will come after us of the shoulders and, and the platform uh, within which they build upon. And so to me, it's storytelling. It's digitally, it's face-to-face. It's reminding people of the great stories of what God has done in this company and uh, telling it and retelling it and then building those new memories too. We don't want to live in the past. We have a great right, we have a great right. foundation, but we need to build new memories. And you know that's what we do. We're in the memory business for our, our customers. They use us to to you know uh, to celebrate you know important events. And so we need commemorate sure exactly. Yeah. And we need to make those same memories internally and continue to tell the story. Continue to tell the story. Not get so wrapped up in the financial statements and in the financial performance that we forget the human nature and the stories that have brought us to where we are. So I think that's critical storytelling. I agree. And as you're talking, it occurs to me that if I look back at what you went through, you didn't really have a story to tell until you had, you know, every story has a hero. Every story has a call to action. You know, I I work in story with branding and brand story. Uh, You know, every hero has to face some kind of shadow, you know, whether it's a tangible bad guy or some situation and there has to be a victory. And, um, you really don't have a story without that kind of three-act play. And and often the hero, when they go through the story, comes out better for it. They have something to give back to society. And so I guess where I'm going with that is to say your desire to continue to grow and to move forward rather than just kind of protect what you have provides opportunities to, to have those stories. When you're trying to move forward, when you're trying to grow, you have new challenges to overcome, new problems to face. And uh, I think if you just want to sit back and play defense and be really conservative, um, you know, you miss out on opportunities for the company to grow together through challenges. So I, I appreciate that answer and what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Well, what... Uh, what piece of advice would you give, um, you know, and other business owners, you know, small businesses, large businesses, if you're saying, hey, the one thing I've learned out of this is X and, and I would advise people to focus on, you know, Y, what would that be? Yeah, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is adversity comes and it is how we, <laughs> whether you like it or not, absolutely, yeah. and how we process it. And a lot of that is in our mind and in our belief system, how we process the adversity will determine whether it is defeating or it, if it leads to greater success. And that is the biggest lesson I have learned through this, that adversity comes and the way I look at it can lead to the greatest seeds of success for me personally, whether it's an in, a personal issue or we as a company, if it's a professional issue. But me as the leader, the speed of the leader is the speed of the game, right? And how I process it. Am I in the fetal position or am I saying, you know what, this circumstance stinks, but we're going to do something great through it. I don't know exactly what it is, but we will. Let's get after it. Adversity comes control the thoughts in your minds and recognize adversity can be the greatest seed for success. My guest today has been Will Connect. He's the 
owner and chairman of Wendell August Forge. Will, thank you so much for being on The Currency. Thank you, Mike. It's been a privilege. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Folks, make sure you check out two things. I want you to check out Will's company, Wendell August Forge. You can go to wendellaugust.com. I'll put a link in the show notes, but that's W-E-N-D-E-L-L-A-U-G-U-S-T.com. And uh, you can read their story. You can see their products. Uh, you may even recognize, like I, they have a famous dogwood pattern uh, that I recognize from some of my family's uh, flatware that's been passed around. But go check them out. Look at the product. Maybe buy something. <laughs> and also, do me a favor and connect with Will. He, as you can tell, an energetic, passionate, fantastic person. Uh, you can find him on LinkedIn. Just look for Will Connect. That's K-N-E-C-H-T. And uh, send him an invite. Tell him you heard about him on the currency. And I'm sure he'll be happy to connect with you. So uh, also, if you haven't done so already... Please subscribe to this podcast. You can find The Currency on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, anywhere that fine podcasts are provided. And if you want to connect with me, you can do that on LinkedIn as well. Just look for Mike Gaston. I always love making new friends. Guys, I love you all, and I will catch you in the next episode. 